Bible, you can go ahead and, uh, man, that was awesome. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to do this, man. That was awesome. Um, Luke 15. Luke 15 is where we're going to be at today. Uh, if you've got a Bible, go ahead and turn there to Luke 15. And uh, Luke 15 is a really familiar story. Maybe you're here, you don't have a church background, you've never been to church a lot. Um, but you've probably heard of what's going on in Luke 15 because Luke 15 is the story of the prodigal son. So if you have a church background or if not, you've at least probably heard of uh, what's going on here in this story. So Luke 15 is where we're going to be today. So if you've got a Bible, you can go ahead and open up to Luke 15. And we're just going to walk through uh, this story here because this is a story that Jesus tells about getting a second chance. Getting, getting a shot, getting, getting a restart, getting a do-over when it looks like you shouldn't get one. When, when it looks like there's no way that you can get a second chance. Jesus wants you to see today from this story that's probably really popular to a lot of people. Jesus wants you to see that there's a fresh start for you. If you're here, maybe you feel like your family's stuck and your family, it's over for you guys. And there's no way that it's going to turn around. I'm telling you that today, you can have a second chance. You can have a fresh start. And so Jesus tells this story, and typically what we see, what we think about when we uh, think about the story of the prodigal son is we think about the prodigal son. We think that there's one son. One son is who we think about, that the story, there's one main character, and it's the prodigal son. We're going to talk about him in a little bit, but that's not true. There's not just one son in this story. There's not just one character in this story. There's two. There's not just one son, there's two sons. And I believe that no matter where you're at, I don't even know most of you, but I believe that no matter where you're at, you're going to find yourself, maybe where you're at right now, close to one of these two. And so Jesus starts telling this story in Luke 15, and in verse 11 he says, and he said, this is Jesus talking, and Jesus is just making this story up. He's just telling us this to prove a point. Hey, God loves to give second chances. Jesus makes up this story, and he says, there was a man who had two sons. Remember that, two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that's coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Now here's what's just happened. This young son comes to his dad. And he knows that when his dad dies, he's going to get a truckload of money. He's going to get a huge inheritance. But he comes to his dad. His dad's still alive. He comes to his dad and basically he says this. Hey, dad, it'd be awesome if you were dead because then I'd get my money. Give me my money as though you were dead. And so the dad says, okay. Because in the younger son's mind, here's what he's thinking. Hey, dad, I've lived at your house. I've eaten your food. Your, rule, your rules are too strict. I need to get out and I need to live a little bit. I need to go out and experience a couple things. I need to make my own way. So if you would just give me my inheritance like you're already dead, that'd be awesome because then I'm going to go and I'm going to live my way because my way is better than yours. And so he does it. The, the dad gives him his inheritance. We don't know how much it was, but apparently it was a lot of money. It, it, was a, it was a lot of money. And so the son takes his inheritance, and not many days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and took a journey into a far country, and there he squandered his property in reckless living. 
So the dad gives this son all kinds of money, and the son says, hey, you know what? I need to get away, and I need to go and start living a little bit. So he goes to, it says, a faraway city, and he's going to do some crazy stuff. He's going to do some unimaginable stuff. So he probably went to Vegas or something. I don't know where he went, but he goes where, where only, you know, you know, all that stuff stays in Vegas. So it's got to stay there, baby. So he goes, and he spends all of his money, the best parties, this guy's throwing them. This guy's got all the women. He, he's experimenting. He's, he's trying different things. He's trying to make his way. And don't forget, he's got tons of money. Everybody loves this guy. He's finally getting to live according to his own rules. But see, really what he's doing? Really, he's just searching. Really, what he's doing is he's just searching for something. Because he's at home with his dad and he looks at his life and he says, I wonder if there's more to this. I, I wonder if there's more than just waking up and doing what dad wants. I wonder, if I'm I wonder if I'm missing something because it feels like I should be experiencing more than I'm experiencing right now. So if dad would just give me my inheritance, I can go out and find what's really going to satisfy me. I can go out and find what I'm really made for. I can go out and find what's really going to fulfill that longing in my life. He's just searching. Some of you are doing the same thing. Some of you came in today and you're searching. Maybe you're here and you're an addict. You're addicted to drugs this morning. But really what you're doing is you're just searching. Because you know that the only reason that you go for that fix, that high, over and over and over, because you, because you just love the momentary release that it gives. For, for just a few moments, it gives you an escape from your circumstances. For just a few moments, it gets you away from the pain that is your reality. But it's not working, is it? It's not working because, because the high always runs off. And when the high runs off, you're there and nothing's changed. So you gotta, just got to keep going back to it and back to it and back to it. And really all you're doing is you're searching. Maybe you're here. And you're sleeping around a lot. Sleeping around, sex outside of marriage with your boyfriend, your girlfriend. That person at work. Person you've known for a while. Maybe anybody that will give you attention. And really all you're doing is searching. Because inside what you're saying to yourself is, maybe if I give myself in that way to this person, they'll always be there for me. They'll, they'll, they'll always love me and they'll always take care for me. And so when that relationship fails, you go to another relationship. And when that relationship fails, you go to another relationship. And you're just going from relationship to, from, to relationship, from partner to partner. And really all you're doing is searching. Maybe you're here and you've arrived financially. You, you've made it socially. And, and, and you've saved up well. You've got a great house. You've provided for your family well. And you made it to that level where everybody told you you needed to make it to. But for some reason, there you are living at that level. And it's not giving you what everybody says that it gives you. 
I mean, you've got all of the stuff and it's a great lifestyle, but inside, for some reason, you still feel empty and you're wondering, is there more? Maybe it's going to be in the next vacation. Maybe it's going to be in this new vehicle. Maybe it's going to be in this new investment. And really, all you're doing is searching. And the best way that I can describe it to people, a lot of times when I talk to them about this thing, it's, it's, as, if, it's as if there comes a point with this where everything just seems like it hits the ceiling. You know what I mean? It, it just seems like it, it hits the ceiling. The sex is only good enough. It doesn't satisfy you and complete you the way that you thought that it would. That relationship doesn't, doesn't satisfy you and complete you. The money doesn't satisfy you and complete you. You complete me. Can we have a Jerry Maguire moment this morning? Praise the Lord. But it's as if it hits the ceiling because you're looking at it, you're thinking, I thought there was more to this. Because that's what always happens. You either hit the ceiling with what you're searching for and what you're investing in, or the bottom falls out. You think, oh man, if we can just make it to that level socially and economically, then we'll be okay, we'll be, we'll be safe, we'll have everything that you need to have, and then all of a sudden the economy tanks and you lose everything you've ever invested in. You lose everything you've ever lived for. For this guy, the bottom falls out, and man, the bottom falls out hard for this guy. When he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. This guy's so in need, he goes from being at the best parties because he's throwing those parties, got truckloads of money, all the ladies are there, rolling large. And he spends it all, and a famine comes, and he's hungry. So here's his plan. Here's what he does. So he goes to a citizen of that country to send him into his field to feed his pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate. And no one gave him anything. So he goes from all of this money to this dream lifestyle that a lot of people would have looked at. He loses it all, the bottom falls out, and there he is looking at the pigs and thinking about how they've got it better than he does. That's a bad day when you're there. And so then Jesus says that he comes to his senses. And so what he does is he says, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. I got a dad back home who, if I can just get him to like me again because I really did him wrong, I really stabbed him in the back, if I can just get on dad's good side again, then it's okay. And so the son comes up with this plan. The son comes up with this plan. He begins to head home and he begins to speak to himself. He says in verse 18, I will arise and go to my father. And I'll say to my father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. See, here's what's happening. He knows that he has ticked his dad off probably. He's made a bad move. He's going back home. And so on his way home, here's what he's saying to himself over and over and over. All right, now when I see dad, dad's going to be ticked off. And he's probably going to try to punch me in the face. I'm going to have to duck and move and then say, dad, I'm sorry. You ever done that, right? You know it's going to be a bad conversation. You're running through all kinds of different scenarios in your head about what's going to happen, what you're going to say if this happens, what you're going to do when they try to pull out the gun and you know, all that kind of stuff. He's like, this is what I'm going to do when this happens. And we've done that before. We, we've made some bad decisions. We've done some things. And so here's what we start to think about God. God is angry at me and there's no way he's going to forgive me. Or we start to think, you know what, I've done this, I shouldn't have done this. I'm going to do some things so that God will like me again, like go to church. God, I shouldn't have done it, I'm going to go to church every single Sunday. Jesus, thank you. Right, you ever done that? 
God, I've blown it. I'm never going to do this again. I'm going to begin to do this, 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 this. I'm going, to, I'm going to begin to do all of these things. So he comes up with all of this list of things that he's going to do, things that he's going to say to his dad when he sees him because he knows he's going to have to work a little bit to get dad to like him. And so maybe that's where you're at. You think that God is angry at you because of what you've done or you think that you need to work a little bit to get God to like you because of what you've done and both are wrong. Both are wrong. Because I love what the dad does. I love what the dad does. And this is how God works for us, how God wants to work for you today. He's telling himself he's going to talk to his dad this way. In verse 20, it says, And he arose and came to his father. Watch this. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. While he was still a long way off. See, that son thought his dad was so angry, his dad walked away from him. But here's what he didn't know. That dad was on the porch every day watching the horizon hoping that he would see some shadowy figure come up the hill that would be his son. And as soon as he sees his son come, he runs to his son. That son still smelled like pigs. That son still blew it. But he runs to his son and he hugs his son. He embraces his son. Listen to me. Right now, somebody, God is running after you. God is running after somebody in this room. He's ready to change your life. You think, you're, you think there's no hope. You think there's no way you can have a second chance. And I'm telling you today, God is running after you. You say, how do you know that? Because you're here. You say, whatever, I just woke up and came here. Listen, you don't know everything God did just to get you here today. The Bible says that before God created anything, he planned this day. God planned this day, this moment, before the foundation of the world. He saw every decision you were ever going to make, every wrong turn you ever took, and he loved you enough to plan this moment where you would be here to hear what I'm telling you, and everything can change for you today. It can all change. He runs, and he hugs his son, and so that just foiled the plan because he didn't anticipate the dad running to him and giving him a hug, so he looks at his dad, and at least he gets this in, Father, I've sinned against heaven, and before you, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And he's right. He's right, he did sin. See, we've all sinned. Say, what's sin? Here's what sin is. Here's what sin is. Sin is when, you can think about sin a couple ways. Sin is when you do what God says not to do, right? See, the Bible says that God is absolutely holy, means he's perfect, and he created everything. So that means this is his, he calls the shots, he says how this is going to go for us. And when we do what God says not to do, that's sin so for example you say Mark flesh that out help me understand that I hope you understand it maybe this way uh, Ten Commandments you've heard of that Ten Commandments right God takes the Ten Commandments very very seriously one of the Ten Commandments don't lie how many of you have ever lied raise your hand raise your hand if you've lied before some of you are not raising your hand you're lying right now right now you are liars you're in, the good, you're in a great place today praise God that you're here that's a sin that's a sin I mean, we're laughing, we're having a good time, but that's a sin. That's doing what God says not to do. See, sin, not only, though, is doing what God says not to do, sin is also living for things other than God. It's living for things other than God. And listen, Mark Holmes, right here, I'm guilty on all charges. I'm completely guilty on both accounts. We've all sinned, the Bible says. And what you and I deserve because we've sinned is we deserve God 
to send us to hell. But because God is a good God, the kind of God that runs for us even when we smell like pigs and we're, we're just covered in all of our mess, God loves us so much, he sent Jesus to pay for our sins and to take our place. So that today you can have a second chance. So that today everything can be made new. I mean, right after he, said, he tells his dad, Dad, I've sinned. The dad looks at his servants and he says, Bring in the fattened calf, which translated means, Hey, it's golden corral time. Let's have a feast. My son's home. Let's throw a party. Let's celebrate. He was lost. Now he's found. And the dad clothes him in the best, the best robes that he has. And he celebrates. And I'm telling you that no matter where you're at today, if you come to God through his son, Jesus Christ, he will instantly accept you. He will instantly forgive you. You will instantly have second chance. You will instantly have purpose in your life everything can be made new today today it can be made new but see watch this see I have people say to me this at this all the time Mark I want to do that man I want to have a relationship with Jesus but I know I'm gonna blow it and I say this to you and this is what I say to people all the time I know you will too I know you're going to because you because you messed up because I messed up I don't have it all together because I blow it. But here's the great thing. See, God is not just the God of second chances. God is the God of third chance, fourth chance, fifth chance, sixth chance, on and on and on because his grace never fails. He never ceases to forgive you once you're in Christ. He never packs up and leaves your life. Once you're his, you're his. And he says, I'm going nowhere. There is second chance and mercy and grace for you today. So listen, as far away as you think you are at this moment, you are not so far away from God that he can't step into the scenery of your life and change everything. But there's another son. Remember that? We said there's two. We said there's two. There's another son. So there's a huge party going on, man. It's like Mardi Gras up in this house all of a sudden. Verse 25, now his older son was in the field. And as he came and he drew near the house, he heard music and dancing. We both know that those two are a bad combination. Man, that's bad right there. Um, and he called one of his servants and asked what these things meant. Hey, what's going on up in there? And he said to him, your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf. It's like golden corral, all you can eat. Breakfast 24 hours, seven days a week. Because he's received him back safe and sound. Now this is the older brother, watch this. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father comes out and begs him to come in. And this is what the son says to his dad. The older brother looks at his dad and he says, Look, these many years I have served you and I never disobeyed your command and you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. Where's my party? Never broke a single rule. You name it. Never once disobeyed you. You name it. You tell me when. I've done everything you've ever wanted me to do from day one. See, here's what Jesus is saying about this older brother. The older brother, the older brother is very religious. He never disobeyed his dad. Never disobeyed. Always kept his nose clean. And the reason he always tried to keep the rules, here's why he always tried to keep the rules, because he thought by keeping all the rules... God would love him because he kept all the rules. Hey, you know what? Dad's always going to love me because I keep all the rules. I know I'm going to get into heaven when I die because I keep all the rules. 
See, some of you are here and you've heard us talk about the younger brother, the first one, and making bad decisions and being an addict and all of these things and you feel like your life's a trap, you like your life's a wreck. Some of you are here and maybe you've thought this to yourself, oh, well, that's good for other people but not me because I've never done that before. I don't need to be forgiven for any of the bad things that I've done. I've never done anything bad. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been forgiven for the good things you've done? Because the Bible says that even the best things we've ever done before God are like filthy rags. Here's this son. Dad, I have obeyed you from day one. Maybe that's what you think of when you think about God. God, I come to church every Sunday. God, I've tried to keep all the Ten Commandments. I'm doing all this stuff. I'm a pretty good person. That's not good enough. See, so maybe you're here... And when you, here's your plan. When you stand before God, your plan is to just lay out all your portfolio. Here's all the good things that I've ever done, God. Are you impressed? And his answer is no. Listen, listen, as near as you think you are today, maybe you're here and you think, you know what, I know I'm going to go to heaven because look at all the stuff I've done. Look at everything that I've done. As near as you think you are, what if you completely miss it? Because listen to me, if you stand before God and all you have to show is your own effort, that's going to be a bad day. Because your best effort still needs Jesus Christ. If your best effort was good enough, then Jesus wouldn't have had to come and die for you. But he had to come and die even for your best effort. Here's the crazy thing about this story. This story, we never know what happens to the older brother. It says this, But when a son of yours came, who's devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him, he's still railing against his younger brother. And the dad says to his son, Son, you're always with me. All that's mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad. For this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. And then it just ends. We don't know if he ever came in. It's, it's open-ended. And here's why I believe Jesus never tells us the end of this story. Because the end of the story is open today. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? See, maybe you're here and you really relate to that first brother and you just look at your life and you think, wow, man, I just feel like I'm in a mess right now. I just, I just feel like I'm drowning. I just feel like there's no hope for me. I just feel like I'm too far gone. Mark, can there be a second chance for me? The answer is yes. Yes, yes, there can be. There can be a second chance for you today. But maybe you're here and you say, Wow, Mark, I, I thought that being good was good enough. I, I, I was really trying hard. I wasn't as bad as... So and so, and you're telling me that that's not even acceptable, Mark, do I need to have a second chance? And my answer to you is yes. Yes, you do. And God, through His Son Jesus, has made every provision necessary so that today you can come home. That's all the dad wanted was, was for his son to come home. And listen, what God wants more than anything today is for you to come home. If you don't know Him, if you feel like you're far away from Him, if you feel like you've blown it, it's for you to come home. 
You don't need to go out today and try to clean yourself off and improve your life. You say, Mark, I'm a mess. Come home. He died for your mess. You say, Mark, I'm, I'm addicted. I'm strung out and it's just taken bondage of my life. What should I do? You should come home. You say, Mark, I did this in my past. And I feel horrible for it. What should I do? You should come home. Because when you come home to God through Christ, what you're going to find is a heavenly Father who is ready to come and embrace you and celebrate and say, welcome home. Doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. If you're here today and you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you've never given your life to Him, then today come home. Maybe you're here and you assumed that you had one because you thought you were doing enough. But we've seen from this story, the older brother, we've seen your best effort isn't good enough. You say, Mark, wow, all my family, all my friends, I'm surrounded by people, and they all think that I'm a Christian. They all think that I'm okay. And Mark, I think that for the very first time, all of a sudden, based on what you're saying, I think that God is telling me I really don't have a relationship with Him. What should I do? You should come home. You should come home. And all you need to do today to come home to have that second chance for your life to radically change is to go to God and to say, God, I'm a sinner. I need you in my life. Forgive me. The Bible says in the book of Romans that if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. Some of you today, God brought you here so that this could be the day that you got a second chance. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you that you are a God of second chances. God, I pray for Christians who are here in the room, maybe in recent days, they just feel like they've blown it. Help them to see that, God, they've, they have not went so far to go beyond the extension of your grace. God, I pray for people who are here today and they do not have a relationship with you that today needs to be their day of second chance. God, I pray that in these next few moments you would give them boldness. You would give them great clarity. You would help them to see that this is the most important moment of their life because everything can change for them right now. Would you keep your head bowed and your eye closed? Let me, ask, let me ask you this morning. I wonder if anybody is here. Nobody's looking around. I wonder if anybody is here today in a crowd this size and would say, Mark, I want that second chance. Mark, I want everything to be made new for me. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. Mark, I'm not perfect. Listen, nobody is. 
The only perfect person was Jesus who came and took your place because he loved you so much. So if you're here and you say, Mark, I want to have that second chance. I want to start a relationship with Jesus. Then all you need to do right there where you sit, right there where you sit, don't let the devil, don't let yourself lie to, you, lie to yourself and say, hey, I need to go out and clean myself off first. I need to make some changes. No, the devil just wants you to talk yourself out of what you're about to do. If you're here and you say, I want to begin a relationship with Jesus, I want that second chance, then right now, all you need to do right there where you sit is to go to God and to pray something like this. I'll just pray this and that, this helps people. You just go to God and you can just pray, Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I want that second chance. And thank you that you're ready to give it. I give my life to you. I want to live for you. If you just prayed that prayer, and maybe you're here and you thought that you were, you were very religious, you were good enough, but maybe if somebody is here and you just prayed that prayer for the first time, or you relate a lot to the, old, the younger brother, you just felt like your life was going nowhere, and then all of a sudden God brought you here today. But if you prayed that prayer, or if you want to begin a relationship with Jesus, nobody is looking around. But I'm going to count to three, and when I say three, I just want you to raise your hand. When I say three, I just want you to raise your hand if you would say, Mark, I want to begin a relationship with Jesus. I want that second chance. When I say three, you just simply raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand. Hands are going One, two, hands are going up. Raise those hands. Praise God. That's awesome. That's awesome. Anybody else? You can go ahead and put your hands down. Anybody else? Anybody else? Say, Mark, I want to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to give my life to Him. Here's what I want to ask you to do. If you just raised your hand, nobody is looking around. Nobody is looking around. Here's what I want to ask you to do. We want to help you take the next step. Because starting a relationship with Jesus, listen, that's the very first step. You, you haven't finished something. You've started something today. And we want to help you take that next step. And we have people that want to pray for you and help you talk about that next step right now in the back of the auditorium. So here's what I want to ask you to do. Nobody is looking around, but if you raised your hand, I want you to stand up right now and go to the back of the auditorium. People are ready to talk to you right now. Somebody will go with you. If you have friends here, you ask them to go, but you get up right now and you go back there and you just tell them what you did. They're going to get pumped for you. They're going to celebrate with you. We've got something back there we want to hook you up with. We've got a free gift for you that's going to help you take that next step. You go back there right now and you talk to somebody if you just raised your hand. If you're here, you raised your hand, maybe you're thinking, I don't know if I should go back there. I'm going to give you some instructions in just a minute. But listen, if you know you need to go back there, maybe you just need to go back there and pray with somebody about where your life is right now. You get up and you go at this moment. You go. Listen, what, Mark, what if, what if everybody around me sees what I'm doing? Well, then you're going to influence them. What's everybody going to think about me? Hey, you're not going to stand before any of these people ultimately. The only opinion about you that matters is God's opinion. People are moving right now. People are going back there. This is awesome. People are going back there and lives are being changed at this moment. Don't miss it if that's you. God, I thank you for what you're doing right now. God, I thank you, God, that you're a God of second chance and that people are being changed, restored, made new, all because of your grace, all because of your goodness. God, God, people are responding to the gospel. Jesus, I, I pray that you change their life. I 
I thank you that you're going to. In your name, amen, amen. Praise God, that's awesome that people took their step towards Jesus today. And listen, listen, here's what I want you to do. Um, when everybody came in today, you received what we call a connection card. That connection card's a great way for you to introduce yourself to us. And here's what I would ask you to do. If you made a decision today, especially if you made a decision to give your life to Christ, here's what I want you to do. Would you fill that out? But then on the other side of it, if you uh, look on the back of it, we give you a lot of space to write down any decision. Check on there that you gave your life to Christ. And we want to get in touch with you. We want to put a Bible in your hand. We've got a book called Seek First for you. Uh, we want to we help you take the next step in your relationship with Jesus. Some of you are here, and maybe this is your first day at Summit, and you want to volunteer. Maybe you've been coming to Summit, and you want to volunteer. All you've got to do, and listen, we need volunteers. We need volunteers to, to help this run every week. We've got great volunteers, and we need more, especially in our kids' area and all kinds of areas. Uh, check the box that you want to serve in on the back. We'll get in touch with you. And right now, our ushers are coming forward to take up our offering. And we ask everybody uh, to go ahead and fill out their connection card. And you give as God leads you to give. And also put your connection card in the offering plate. And, and I know that if maybe you're new to church and you're just kind of checking this out. Or maybe you walked away and this is your first time back in years. And so the, the offering was kind of a shady time for you. Uh, but, but listen, the reason we give is because we love Jesus. Uh, giving shows the first love in our life that, that we, don't love, we don't love money more or stuff more our first love is Jesus and we want to see people change we want to live for him and so we ask you to give as God leads you to give today and so our ushers are going to take up our offering and I'm going to come back out for some final instructions here in just a moment alright so go ahead guys you begin the offering Listen, we're, we're so thankful that you guys came today. And if you're a first-time guest, 
Uh, we've got a free gift for you out there in the lobby to your right. It's a table we call our connection point table. You just visit that table, got a free gift for you. Here's something new this morning if you've uh, been to Summit for a little bit. If you're a returning guest, if you're a second time, third time, maybe you're a returning guest here at Summit, out there in the lobby to your left, you'll see a booth called our Next Step booth. Uh, before you leave today, stop by there. Uh, we got a free gift for you. We've got something for you today if you're a returning guest. So that's out there for you guys. And hey, thank you guys so much for being here. Next week, next week, part two of the day. And next week, we're talking about the day you die. So it's going to be a heavy, heavy time, all right? Out there in the lobby, we have tons of invite cards. Summit, you guys go above and beyond every time we say, let's invite. I mean, look around you this morning. So let's keep it up. Got tons of invite cards. You take them. Believe God's going to do an awesome work. Let's stand up. Our band's playing us out this morning. Love you guys. See you next week. Bring somebody with you. It's going to be awesome.